Do you wait for everything to be perfect and lined up straight before you make a choice? How hard are you trying to get everything in your life right? What if jumping in and getting messy is one of the ways to find out what works for you? Discover how being willing to mess up can create the phenomenal life you truly desire. Get ready to quit judging and start embracing all of your messy adventures. Now, here's your host, self-declared messy living expert, Katrina Fava. <laughs> self-declared messy living expert. <laughs> I always laugh at that. Anyways, hello and welcome to Messy Adventures in Living. I'm your host, Petrina Fava. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the show. Um, if you have never been here before, here's a little something about what's, uh, what's going to show up in the next hour. So Messy Adventures in Living is a place, a radio show, where you get invited to uh, step into choosing uh, and and. and yeah, choosing without waiting for everything to be perfect and lined up straight. Would you be willing to get messy with your choices and see what shows up? And how much fun would your life be if you could, uh, if you would be willing to choose uh, and then see what shows up instead of waiting for all the traffic lights to be green, instead of waiting for everything to be so perfect and lined up straight? Uh, I'm Petrina. Uh, here's a little bit about how I show up in the world. I'm um, I'm a mom of three great kids. They are 13. Oh my goodness, my daughter turned 13 this month. Uh, 13, 10, and six and a half. I am also a pediatric nurse. I work in Toronto at an awesome hospital called Sickheads Hospital, where I get uh, invited and inspired by so many people, parents, kids, um, to really see that life can be created by your choices and that you don't have to be at the effect of what shows up in your life. And that happiness can really be a choice. So grateful for that. Um, and I also, um, what else do I do? I'm also an access consciousness bars and body facilitator. Um, if you have never heard of access consciousness before, it's a modality that involves some hands-on energetic processes and also offers some tools that you can use to create change in your life, to change something that's not working for you, uh, and also to create something greater. If your life is awesome, it's not about changing problems or fixing problems. You know, even if your life is awesome, you can use the tool to create something even greater. So you can find out more about that at accessconsciousness.com and you can find out more about me at patrinafava.com. Let's get to our show. I'm excited today. I have a very cool guest on. So our show today, the title is Eaten by an Oblivious Whale. The Lie of Accidents, with my guest, Frank Fredella. So, have you ever asked yourself, what if a whale eats me by accident? <laughs> okay, probably not. But my guest, Frank Fredella, has, and his story about whales and sharks had me wondering, if you totally trusted your awareness, would you have to believe in accidents? Is an accident really an accident, or is it a total unwillingness to be aware? aware? What's the value of being at the effect of accidents? What gets created when we live in fear of accidents? What would happen if we made the demand of ourselves to have razor-sharp awareness? And what do our bodies know about this? So thanks for joining me today and my guest, Frank Fredella, as we explore the lies of accidents. Get ready to get rid of all your beliefs and judgments and points of view that are stopping you from being totally aware 24-7. Okay. Hi, Frank. Hi, Petrina. <laughs> Thank and you hello for being everybody. Here. I hope you all Yeah, I hope everybody's got their harpoons ready. We're gonna go whale hunting today, I think. Let's go whale hunting today. Let's hunt for those baloney 
things that we believe about accidents. So I'm going to just introduce yes, Frank. But, uh, there, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just nerf nerf harpoons. No, no okay. actual whales will be harmed in the production of this podcast. Right. right. This, yes. This Good. Show, so. Thank you for yeah. clarifying that. Yes, nerf harpoons. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we we love nerf whales. Harpoons. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Frank Fredella, who is he? Well. Oh, hold on. Where are we? Here we go. Frank Fredella is a creator of Insane Magnitude. He's worked in the fields of fiction, publishing, podcasting, art, tarot, language, comics, self-health, content marketing, and video production. Holy cow. In addition to creating dozens of videos for Gary and Dane and the Access Consciousness team, he's traveled the world on the stream team and is currently hosting the Art of Creation show along with Rebecca Boswell on YouTube. He's a certified facilitator of access. Frank loves to dedicate himself to destroying the barriers that prevent people from choosing their best life. For the creative, that often means working with them to over overcome the persistent starving artist mentality. Frank's particular passions have led him to create his own specialty classes, such as Total Ease with Video, Total Ease with Languages, and the Geek's Guide to Consciousness, where he takes familiar movies and characters from pop-up culture and uses them to explain the tools of access consciousness. That's awesome. Is there anything else you want to add to that, Frank? What could I possibly add to that? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, um, I'm sure there's more. <laughs> <clears throat> that's crazy pants. Um, <clears throat> wow, I sound so much cooler when you put it like that. Uh, right? So, yeah, no, well, that's that's an awesome intro. Thank you. I, I, I don't feel worthy of it. I, I feel like I wrote that. Um, <laughs> like the, uh, so, no, uh, <laughs> no, uh, that's no, really. Uh, I've been a creative professional pretty much my whole life. Um, I've, uh, I, I've, I've always kind of moved towards the, you know, the things that that this this reality would have considered the wrongness of me. You know, I didn't fit into the box. I didn't. I never lived inside the box. You know, uh, Gary's got a class right now, like out of the box, right? Living mm -hmm. your life outside of the boxes that other people put you into. And I'm like, man, you know, sometimes the box sounds like it would be a comfortable place. Like, sure. you know, because like you're, you're outside of those judgments, right? Like, you know, you just kind of like the, the box is hiding from the judgments of other people. Right. Yeah. And it's like, if you can just stay in your box, like it's, that's, it's pretty it sounds pretty easy but it's just never where i've lived so right. i've always been this creative person and i've always made my life that way um which uh, i've always liked to joke that like you know if you want to be an accountant there isn't just a road for you or a path there's like a super highway you know you go to this mm -hmm. school you get this degree you come out mm -hmm. you get a job at ernst and young boom you're done um but if you want to be a professional artist or something then like you kind of like have to hack your way through your life like the forest of your life with like the bones of your failures, like, you know, just like kind of yeah. just keep hacking away and making a path because like mm -hmm. nobody else's path is going to look like yours. It's all on you. So that's, uh, that's what I help other people do now is, is kind of find yeah. more ease with those choices. And, uh, I'm so excited to be able to do that now because like for the, for most of my life, that was a hard choice and it wasn't easy. And I was always very aware of the judgments of other people in this reality and, and how I wasn't following what was typical. I'm a night owl, like a ridiculous night owl. Like I usually go to bed around 4 or 5 a.m. Mm -hmm. And I'll sleep, you know, into the day. And that's just where my body feels comfortable. And I'm most creative right. at night. And there's just nothing about the way I've ever existed in this reality mm -hmm. that has been 
kind of aligned that that is aligned and agreed with other people's points of view. So that's always been been mm-hmm. a challenge. So super happy to 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 have the cool. tools now to yeah. yeah to help myself and to help others. Oh, okay, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you are. Okay, I just thought you dropped off. Okay, good. And do you have kids? I have three amazing kids. Tell us. Um, I've got twin. I'd love to. I've got twin boys, uh, Caspian and Aegean, who are four, and my youngest Nero, who's just a little over two now. Nice, fun. And uh, all of us are moving to Italy uh, on May third, mm-hmm. um, along with my soon-to-be ex-wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so here's here's another area in which, like you know, uh, the the choices that I that I make, and and you know so grateful for the tools of access that have allowed us to just kind of live a life of choice where, you know, rather than staying in an unhappy marriage where neither one of us really were, were being our, our fully actualized selves, we got to kind of like right. look at that and ask questions and, and without drama, without, you know, gnashing of teeth and, and, you know, going into this screaming fighting thing, we just decided to choose something else. So we're all moving as a family to Italy. I'll live separately from them, but I'll still always be close to my boys. So awesome! It's pretty amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's really amazing. And maybe you could come back and talk about that on another show because <laughs> that's sure. definitely out of the box. And um, yeah, it sounds it sounds like you said expansive and and a contribution to everyone. So yeah, that's great. Okay. Yeah, this so, is really a. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. You continue. Sure. Um, that was just a, again, it's all just choice, right? It's all just question. It yep. was about, you know, uh, when I started this a year and a half ago, it was like, well, how do I create the life that I really desire? You know, how do I create, uh, you know, ways to create money where I don't have to be tied to a specific location so that I can live yeah. anywhere I want? And so once I did that, I was like, well, where would I actually like to live? And I'm like, Italy sounds fun. Mm. So that's how that choice came around. And now there it is showing up. And now here it is. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So good. Okay. So let's, let's talk about, um, your video that, uh, you posted way back on Facebook in February where you told a story about sharks and whales and it, uh, intrigued me and, and, and sparked the, uh, the idea for this show. So you, you, um, just posted a video on your Facebook page talking about, uh, why you were afraid of whales and not sharks. And, um, you know, you, you talked about how you went to a museum and you saw, saw this big whale and the lady told you that it ate krill and you were like, oh, but it eats krill on purpose. <laughs> but it might eat right. me by yeah. accident. So why don't you go and you tell it because I love the way you tell it. It's hilarious. Go. Uh, go. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Just do it. So I'm like, you know, uh, do it. Um, so I'm like, what, six or seven years old and I live, you know, I'm, I'm, I was born, uh, born in Brooklyn, raised on Long Island. And one day we took a, a school field trip into the Museum of Natural History. And if you've never been there, they have a life-size blue whale hanging from the ceiling in one of the rooms. And it's not just, it's not just the ceiling, right? It's like 40 feet above you. And there's this life-size blue whale, which as a six-year-old kid, it's not just the biggest thing you've ever seen. It's the biggest thing anybody's ever seen. The blue whale is the largest creature that's ever lived, uh, bigger than any dinosaur ever. It's just massive. And to a six- or seven-year-old kid, it's, like, beyond massive. It's just 
it's just incredible. And so you're right. The teacher's talking about how, like, you know, despite its massive size, the blue whale only eats a tiny little fish called krill. And I'm like, you mean it only eats krill on purpose? And I'm pretty sure that thing would eat me by accident and not notice. Like a week later, it would just kind of like be sucking its teeth going like, wait, what is that? Is that a kid? When did I eat a kid? Right? And just like trying to get me out of its teeth. And like, I, you know, I know it doesn't have teeth, but like there was this idea that you would be swimming in the ocean and then all of a sudden, just like you would get sucked into this, this giant maw of a creature without malice without intention like it would just happen like that's why i'm not afraid of sharks like a shark is an apex predator if a shark kills you it's on purpose and and that's fair like it's that's what it does that's what a shark does it kills that's all it does like it's 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 just perfectly designed over millions of years of evolution to kill things and like you have to kind of respect that like it's the same way that you have to respect rain for being wet it's just an it's in its nature but whales would eat you accidentally, and that's when I had this awareness when I created the video that, like, I was spending most of my life really being afraid of people who were careless, not people who would hurt me on purpose, because you can spot them a mile away, right. but the people who would hurt you accidentally, the people who were just careless and thoughtless and inconsiderate, those were the people that I found really got my got my barriers up. They were the ones who really made me be on my guard all the time. And that's a hard place to live from, to constantly feel like you're clenched and, and yeah. you know, you can't relax around certain people. Um, so, yeah, that was the awareness that I had that, like, I, at six or seven years old, I had this awareness, not just about nature, but about the nature of life and about people and about how everything moves, the things that would hurt you without malice, without meaning to. And so... Yeah, that was the awareness that I had that day that I was I was I was afraid of the whales in my life, you know, on dry land as as opposed to just the sharks that'll, you know, try to screw up your shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I swear and, on your shit. And when uh a little a little bit. <laughs> um <laughs> so when I yeah, just a little bit, yeah. When I saw your video, I was I was like, "Oh, that's such a good point." And it it made me remember something that I used to fear a lot as a really little kid too, save about seven or eight. And I used to go out to the mall with my mom and like I was always really afraid of getting lost from her. So, you know, she would say, oh, just go like over there and throw your garbage out in the garbage can. And I would be like, no, I don't want to go over there. You know, what if we get lost? Or or she would say, um, you know, go in, even as a teenager, like just go in line and pay for your shirt. I'll wait for you right here. And I'd be like paranoid that I would lose her. And, I, and your post made me remember that it, and she would say to me, like, what's your problem? I'm not going to leave you. Why Why are you freaking out? Like, you know I'm not going to leave you. I'm saying I'm right here. And my fear was always that something would happen by accident. Like, that she would, I would accidentally not see her in a crowd of people. Or like, yeah, there was this fear of, I, of course I knew my mom wasn't going to leave the mall without me. Um, I, I wasn't worried about that. But I was worried about the accident. I was worried about accidentally getting lost or accidentally misplacing her or not knowing where she was or somebody walking in front of us and separating us and then we would be lost in the sea of crowd, you know. And right, and right. it made yeah, and it made me realize even at such a young age how much I never learned about trusting my instincts or trusting my awareness. You know, and so I started asking questions about how much do we have to cut off our awareness in order to believe in accidents? 
Um, so I, I want to talk a little bit about accidents and I also want to talk and awareness. And I also want to talk about trust because you, you talk about trusting the shark to kill because you know that the shark is going to kill. You know, you know jerks are going to be jerks, people who intentionally want to hurt you. You are not afraid of them because you know what they are. You you see them for what they are. It's this other thing that you talk about where people who are careless with your emotions who might hurt you by accident, you know. Um, So, yeah, so I want to talk a little bit about accidents and I want to talk about trust and how we have really misidentified and misapplied these words, these concepts, these ideas. So, yeah. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? What do you? Can you talk a little bit about accidents and what you what you think about them? Yeah. Well, you know, I think that um, I think that any time you you get into a relationship with somebody, and um, I found that for me, this is where a lot of my 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 fear and anxiety was coming up was going into a relationship where you you allow yourself to be vulnerable with this other person. You know, and this is um, this is something that I think a lot about in terms of uh, men and manliness, and and men are really such a disadvantage uh, very often in relationships because we we don't within the male culture talk about our feelings much, and so we don't really have the vocabulary to talk about it effectively. So when mm-hmm. we get into a relationship with a woman who who is far far advanced in in that category. Like we we suddenly find somebody that we can kind of open up to and be vulnerable with, and this is where I think men are at a, a severe disservice in relationships because we get into this into this kind of like arena with with uh, with somebody who's far who has who has a tool set and a skill set that's better suited to the environment, right? And we just kind of go in there like I think you're pretty and I want to have sex, but I have all of these emotions and they make me uncomfortable. And yeah, so the problem Mm -hmm. here becomes not that people hurt each other on purpose in a relationship, although that does happen and that's unfortunate, but I think that most people just act in their own best interest and not in any kind of malicious way, right? You just do what's in your own best interest naturally. You know, you move towards the things that feel light to you. And unfortunately, it doesn't always feel light to the other person and you end up creating conflict in a relationship where people just... You get hurt accidentally, right? The other person didn't mean anything malicious by it. They were simply in, moving in a direction that felt like to them, and you get hurt in the process. And I think that a lot of men feel betrayed by that. Like, I trusted you. I was vulnerable with you. And all of a sudden, there's this thing where, like, how could you not see that that was going to hurt me? And it's like, well, yeah. because I'm, uh, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't malicious. Like, if I had thought about it, maybe I would have, I could have considered that, but I don't know you or your life that well. We're still kind of finding our, our way here. So I find that this whole concept of the whales occurs for me a lot in relationships with people where there's there's this messy kind of fuzzy logic that people aren't being mean. They're just acting in their own best interest, and you end up getting hurt by that. And, um, you know, I, I think that uh, there's this uh, – have you ever seen the movie Love Actually? Yes. <laughs> okay. So there's this great scene with Liam Neeson and his stepson. And they finally come to this point where, like, he's going to go after the girl. And the kid says, right. all right, Dad, let's do it. Let's get the shit kicked out of us by love. 
<laughs> and I think that that's pretty much every man's idea of getting into a relationship. Aww. Like, let's just get the shit kicked out of us by love, right? Because, like, we don't have the tools to go into this properly. And you're getting into the ring with, like, you know, a heavyweight champ who knows how to talk about their feelings and who's, like, you know, got these complex relationships with their with their mother and with their girlfriends and, like, with other people. And, like, you know, we kind of go in there, like... Have you ever seen, like, the male and female color chart? Like, you know, men have, like, red, green, and blue, and, like, women have Mm -hmm. mauve, Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, rose, and taupe. And, like, a man couldn't point taupe to, you know, point out taupe on a color chart. Uh And it's just, like, we, right? And so, like, I kind of feel like that's the way we go into these things, where, like, we don't have the vocabulary, we don't have the tools, and we often get blindsided by these things in, in not in any kind of malicious way, but just, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great. So I'm going to, um, this thing about, you know, it's not malicious. I, I've kind of had uh, a lot of this theme in my life as well, where I've been told or I've judged myself as seeing the world through rose-colored glasses and always wanting to see the best in people and like always trusting that people are not going to be malicious. And then it's always seemed to kind of bite me in the ass a little bit. And so we're going to go to break. But when I come back, um, I I want to talk a little bit more about that in a conversation that I had actually with Gary Douglas about this and um, a question that he asked me that's been really a life-changing for me. So we're going to go to break. Um, you're listening to Messy Adventures in Living. We're talking about Eaten by an Oblivious Whale, The Lie of Accidents, and our guest today is Frank Fredella. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more. Do you wait until all the traffic lights are green before you get in your car? Of course you don't. Are you waiting until you have everything perfect to begin living? Most of us have learned not to take any steps until we have all the information to make the right choice. What if the opposite is true? What if it's choice that creates awareness? Are you willing to make lots of messy choices so you can begin to see the possibilities that you didn't think existed? Listen for Messy Adventures in Living radio show with self-declared messy living expert Katrina Fava every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 Central, 9 Mountain, and 8 Pacific on the InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How much more expansive would your life be if you were willing to get messy with your choices? What if you really do change molecules by your interaction with them? What if the change you've been looking for is right before your eyes? What if the uncomfortableness that comes with difference could be fun? What if the closed-minded people of the world no longer determined our world? What if gratitude trumps judgment every time? What if your kindness healed the world? What if the earth is asking for your help? And what if you had the resources to give it? This is your invitation to step into something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Picasso, Da Vinci, Shakespeare, Aristotle all knew to be true. Hi, my name is Dane here. Thirteen years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question, and everything changed for me. What if there are no dumb questions, or any question too large? What if you being you are the gift and the change this world requires? Is now the time? For more questions to create a change in your world, sign up for a free video series at beingyouclass.com. My gift to you, beingyouclass.com. You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with Petrina Fava. To participate in today's show, please call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. In Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also ask questions 
or comment by email by sending to Petrina at PetrinaFava.com. Now, here's Petrina with more Messy Adventures. Welcome back to Messy Adventures in Living. I'm your host, Petrina Fava. My guest today is Frank Fidella, uh, and our show is called uh, Eaten by an Oblivious Whale, The Lie of Accident. So before we went to break, we've been talking a little bit about uh, Frank's story about how he um, always really feared whales and, and more than he feared sharks because, you know, he trusted a shark to eat him, and he knew that a shark whole purpose in life was to eat and kill um, and was more afraid of being eaten by accident by a whale. And we were talking about, you know, what is really an accident? How much have we learned to cut off our awareness? Um, that so much that we're caught in the crossfire. And we were, just before we went to break, we were talking a little bit about how this applies in relationships. And so, um, Frank, you mentioned, um, what was the word you use? Oh, malicious. So, you know, that people could act, could hurt you without malicious intent. And it's just interesting because when I was at a Choice of Possibilities with um, Gary Douglas, I think a year and a half ago, um, I asked him a question about how I have always judged myself or been judged or, you know, had this blank label of seeing the world through rose-colored glasses, always wanted to see the best in people. And so I asked him about it. And what he said to me was so awesome. He said, yes, you see the the greatness in people, but you're not willing to ask if they will choose it. And I absolutely uh-huh. love that so much, right? It has been, it's really changed a lot for me. And and I think it applies to what you're saying because we function so much from conclusion, right? So in relationships, it's like, well, this person is not, you know, loves me and they don't want to hurt me. But we never ask questions, right? We don't ask, like, we don't ask questions. And what could change if we were willing to be aware of what's in front of us and not just see everything through rose-colored glasses. Acknowledge the greatness in people, you know, in our partner, for example, in a relationship. Acknowledge the greatness in them. And also ask questions like, but will they choose it? And not just about will they choose their greatness, but everything, you know, all the choices and decisions that you're making. When you ask questions in your relationship, then you can be aware, you can look at everything for what it really is and then would you get caught in the crossfire right like would you really get hurt by accident if you were willing to really look at it for what it is and ask some questions what do you think about that so yeah well i yeah i mean i think that in 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 these relationships you know i think that there are some things that happen accidentally and then i think that there are some things that happen on purpose and Mm -hmm. i think that you know kind of uh uh, people fall in love. You know, there's this expression that we fall in love. It's kind of, you know, one of, one of my friends years ago, a guy friend used to, used to explain it like he'd just stepped in it. Like actually, like, no, oh, now I got love on me. Damn it. Right? Like, it's just, <laughs> like, just this kind of like, oh man. Right? Like, it's something that happens to you. It's not a choice. You know, you fall in love with somebody. It's almost accidental. But having the other person's back, that's a choice, right? Sure. So people have their own back instinctively. But having a living with a careful whale is a different story, right? Somebody that chooses to have your back first, you know? And that's where that, that kind of commitment to each other comes in where, you know, I think that guys get into a relationship and they immediately think, okay, well, this person, you know, this is my partner now. This is somebody with whom I can be vulnerable and feel safe. And so I think that I think that we get a little blindsided when we feel like, you know, they're making choices that don't 
that don't include us, that don't benefit us, that don't, you know, that only think of, of their side of the equation. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I say that from a man's perspective, but I think that happens both ways. Um, and so I think this kind of thing where, like, you're right, there's a there's choice involved here. Are, is that person going to choose to have my back? And, like, right. you know, once, but, like, what I can trust going into any relationship, whether it's a business relationship or a personal relationship, is that the other person is going to have their own best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. And if you can go into it with that kind of point of view, it's like now I can look in the water where I'm swimming and say, am I swimming in a field of krill? Is this dangerous? <laughs> like, you know, do I want to be here right now? Because a whale might come by and eat me accidentally. Right. So it's it's being situationally aware. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which is something we don't really learn, right? And exactly, like how much would, how many fewer you know, quote unquote accidents would be in your life if you were willing to have razor sharp awareness. Like I've heard Gary Douglas use this term and there's something about it that is like so true, you know, razor sharp awareness so that even maybe even if you're not in a pool of krill, even if there just happens to be a whale coming by, you know, you would know it because your spidey sense is on, you know, your awareness is razor sharp. So, you know, like what, in in relationships, w- would you be willing to know everything about everyone so that you don't get eaten by accident? You know, in a relationship, would you be willing to look at look at everything for what it is without judgment, and and trust that that person is going to do what they're going to do? It goes back to that how we um, how we talk about trust in access, right? Um, can you talk a little bit about that? About how um, we talk about trust is not what we think it is. You know, we think trust is like blind faith or um no you know you just yeah yeah yeah, yeah and that's that not all. how we talk about it in access it's so different and i love it can you talk a little bit about it yeah no this is exactly the same thing that i was saying before about you trust a shark to be a shark exactly right? you trust yeah. people to, to to act you know to act in, in alignment with their nature and so like it's not a matter of i trust this person immediately to have my back it's like i trust a shark to be a shark and i trust a whale to be a whale and, you know, I trust piranha to be piranha. And I don't know how many fish metaphors I can bring into this conversation, but I'm going for it. Um, so, you know, like me, I'd be an octopus. You got to watch out for my hands. Um, right. So <laughs> the, <laughs> I'm here all week. Thank you. I got uh, it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, in relationships, there's this, there's this, necessity on both parts for for people to be um to trust the other person but not trust from from this reality's point of view of trust we're like oh now i'm in a relationship with you immediately you're on team frank so i can let my guard down i can stop being aware i can stop having my own back i can you know and it's like immediately one of the problems that I feel that happens is that when we talk about love, when we talk about love being a distractoring plant, it's like, you know, how much of your awareness are you willing to cut off because you've suddenly attached this word to somebody, right? right. And there should be more than one word for love. There really should. Mm-hmm. Um, because the love that you, you know, like your mother loves you, right? Mm-hmm. And your mother had your back, hopefully, right? Mm-hmm. But like, when somebody tells you that they love you, immediately some of us go into this like, no, this person loves me. They've got my back. As though those two things are exactly the same. Somebody loving you right. and somebody having your back are not the same thing. 
And That's so mm-hmm. you, yeah, so I mean, you holding on to your awareness, you holding on to what you know is so vital always, you know, and trusting a shark to be a shark. Like, you know, who are you in a relationship with, you know? And it's like, you know, for for the longest time, like my 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 soon-to-be ex-wife is an amazing person, um, but in a lot of ways, she's a whale. She has never, ever really done anything maliciously, intentionally harmful. But there were so many ways where the way that I choose to live my life and the way that she chooses to live her life were not in alignment. And I was constantly being hurt unintentionally. And I didn't mm-hmm. blame her for that. I wasn't, I wasn't like lashing out at her in response to that. It was simply like, Hey, listen, you're a, you're a giant kind of mammoth thing. And every time you put your foot down, you kind of step on my feet. Can you just be a little more careful? Um, so it's not that you can't exist in those situations. It's simply that you've got to be more situation, situationally aware. Aware, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Because if you can look at it with no if you can be aware and look at it with no judgment and just be aware of what is, then you can choose. But you know, then but if you're cutting off your awareness and you're putting your blinders on, then and then things show up and you go, oh, it was an accident. When really, how much of your awareness are you actually cutting off? Oh, I love this conversation. So good. So I do this. I do this thing <laughs> on the radio show where I look up words in etymol. In I look up the etymology of words because I'm a little bit of a word nerd and it's fun. And so I think you love are it. too, right, Frank? Yeah, you are too. I oh, think yeah. I know you are. Yeah, yeah. So I looked up accidents, and um, I found some cool things. So when I look up accident, so etymology, for anyone who's listening and doesn't know, is the study of the origin of words. And sometimes it's really interesting to look at the origin of words because it can give you some hints as to maybe why you have some weird energy on words or you don't like certain words. Or sometimes it gives you some information or some awareness of how we've actually twisted words over the last several centuries to change their meanings and and all the funkiness that goes around that. So I looked up accident and I got a lot of um, stuff about Things showing up by chance, so something that comes by chance. Uh, usually it was used to describe a misfortune, like a mishap or an undesirable event, something that was unintentional. Um, and then I found these two really interesting things. Um, I found an uh, accident outside the normal course of nature. A- outside the normal course of nature. And I thought that was funny mm. because what exactly is a normal course of nature? Like. And okay, wait. So and then, so then I looked up chance. So I looked at chance on etymology, and I found opportunity or randomness. So what is normal course of nature? Like nature's pretty random, right? It's not there. What is a normal course of nature? I just thought that was so weird. So an accident is something that's outside the normal course of nature. So like, what exact? How messed up is our definition of an accident? If there's not even such a thing as a normal course of nature, do you know what I'm do you know what I'm getting at? Like, I do. Is the, yeah, is, no, is the universe do. really random? Like, is it really random, or is it actually responding to us? Right? Like, does the universe is it really just random, or is the universe actually responding to us, responding to our thoughts, responding to our points of view? Right? Like, if our point of view creates our reality. <laughs> I know I just, right. there's just so much here. If our if our point of view creates a reality, which is a tool and access, then is anything random? Right? So if your point of view creates right. a reality, is that is anything really an accident? You know? Or are yeah. we creating, are we asking and then things are showing up the way we don't 
expect them to. It's just, I love it. What do you think about that? Right. So, well, I, I think that here here goes into a fundamental way in, in, in which you view the universe, right? Is mm-hmm. the universe, is your life a function of your choice or does your life happen mm-hmm. to you? Right. Right. Exactly. If you're willing to, if you're willing to accept that your life was a, is ultimately the, the, the result of the choices that you've made. You know, I chose to go swimming in the ocean. I chose to swim in this direction. I chose to, oops, find myself in a, in a, you know, a field of krill. <laughs> you know, like, okay. So there are choices that I made that led me to this. There are, you know, there are things that I could not be aware of prior to those decisions, right? And so that's what we're calling an accident, right? Right. Choices that I made led me to an area in which I could not be aware of. So I didn't have all of the information when I made my choices. So I didn't know about the migration patterns of krill. But I found myself in the path of a whale. So, but that doesn't mean that was an accident, right? But there, there's, Gosh, there's a lot of people that would choose to see, oh, my God, look at look at all the stuff that happened to me, right? Exactly. Like, I'm just minding my own business, and all of a sudden the universe is just messing with my stuff. And it's yeah. like, well, is that really true? Really? Or mm-hmm. really? <laughs> right? And the the real disservice that people do themselves there is that if you continue to look at life as though it happens to you, if you continue to remove yourself from choice, then you no longer have the power to change it. Yep. That's a problem. Well, that was good. Right? Say that again. <laughs> <clears throat> sure. <laughs> sure. If you look at your life as though it happens to you, then you re- you remove yourself from the power to change it. Yeah. So That's this it. is, uh, you know, I talk about, uh, we, uh, you know, you mentioned in my bio that I talk about the Geek's Guide to Consciousness and how I use pop media. Um, one of my biggest problems with science fiction and fantasy and stuff is this whole idea of the chosen one, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like she was chosen. Ah, uh, yes. She, she right. Did, right. She didn't have a choice, and this bothers me, right? Yeah, because, yeah. Because like now she's a victim of this destiny, and that's not true. At any point, she could have stopped being the Slayer, and this bothers me on so many levels because like the most popular theme running through all of these things from Bilbo Baggins to Neo and the Matrix to Buffy the Vampire Slayer is that they were chosen for this task. Whereas if you look at it from the point of view that they chose to accept this destiny, if they chose to accept this path as their own, then they have power, right? But being the chosen one disempowers them. And I think that's that's a huge mistake in, in most science fiction fantasy stories. Mhm. Yeah, that's a really really good point. It's like I I don't have a choice because I was given this power or this gift and now it's my responsibility to the world to fulfill it. You know, no matter how right. much I may not but, like it sometimes, I have to keep it. I have to be, do what's right. Right. So Superman, for yeah. example, right? He could have stayed Clark Kent. He could have stayed in Smallville. He never had to put on the tights. He never had to leave the cornfield. Right, right. right. But he chose to be who he was. He chose to show up. Right. So the the interesting thing about Superman for me, and I think that anybody who's really uh, who's really ready to show up in the world, who's really ready to turn it up, has to feel like Superman at some point and has to feel mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I have so many capacities that, like, I don't fit in anymore. Right. Like, I don't I can't just sit in a cube anymore and right. just 
make small talk about, you know, the yeah. office. I just can't do it. Can't so, stay in the box. Yeah. I can't stay in the box, right? But the yeah. problem is, is that so many people are still in this place where, like, I have to pretend to be Clark Kent all day long until I can get to this place where I can talk to my tribe. Like, I can get on the phone with somebody who understands that I'm actually Superman. Clark Kent is the secret identity. It's not Superman. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, Batman is yeah. Bruce Wayne's secret identity. Right? He becomes Batman. But he has to pretend to be Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different thing. So. Wow. I'm sorry. Yeah, right? So I mean, it's like you can trust Superman to be Superman, but Clark Kent is lying to you the whole time. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. Oh, my God, that's so good. I never thought about it like that. I love it. Superhero references here on Messy Adventures in Living. <laughs> okay, that's great. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk more about accidents and trust and superheroes, probably. So you're listening to Messy Adventures in Living. Uh, I'm Petrina Fava. My guest today is Frank Fadella. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Do you wait until all the traffic lights are green before you get in your car? Of course you don't. Are you waiting until you have everything perfect to begin living? Most of us have learned not to take any steps until we have all the information to make the right choice. What if the opposite is true? What if it's choice that creates awareness? Are you willing to make lots of messy choices so you can begin to see the possibilities that you didn't think existed? Listen for Messy Adventures in Living radio show with self-declared messy living expert Petrina Fava every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 Central, 9 Mountain, and 8 Pacific on the InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How much more expansive would your life be if you were willing to get messy with your choices? What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with Petrina Fava. To participate in today's show, please call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. In Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also ask questions or comment by email by sending to Petrina at PetrinaFava.com. Now, here's Petrina with more Messy Adventures. Welcome back to Messy Adventures and Living. I'm your host, Petrina Fava. I'm joined today by my guest, Frank Fredella. We're talking about being accidentally eaten by a whale, cutting off your awareness, trusting a shark to be a shark, and Superman. <laughs> if you just joined us and you're wondering how all that goes together, go back to the beginning of the show and start listening from the beginning. <laughs> and you'll, you'll know how that all fits together. So, yeah, like... 
um, you know, how many lives have we bought about accidents and fate and destiny and, um, you know, how, you know, things just kind of happen. And, you know, one of the questions that I started asking myself around this topic, actually just in preparing for the show, is like, I wonder how many times, you know, we ask for something and then it shows up totally not how we expect and we call it an accident. Right? Like, it's like, right. but I didn't ask for that. But maybe, but you did. You just had a judgment or a conclusion about how it's supposed to show up. You know, it's the, there's a, a easy example is the, the whole car accident thing. You know, where you ask for a new car and you ask for new money and you ask the universe, you know, what would it take to have money and a brand new car? I'm, I'm tired of driving this one. And then you get into a fender bender on the highway and you're like, what the hell? Like, and, you know, someone says, well, you asked for this. Well, no, I did not ask for an accident. Well, but maybe you asked for a new car. And if you didn't judge it, and, you know, then you your your car is a write-off and you get a brand new car and you get a whole lot of money out of whatever, then how cool is that? You know, and it's just this idea of, like, what are we blaming on accidents that actually is something we've asked for that's showing up totally not how we thought it would, Right. Yeah, and yeah, and if if you're willing to look at things like that, suddenly your life gets a lot more fun. Right? Where like right. everything becomes a contribution somehow. Um so uh <clears throat> let's see, seven years ago I'm living in China and I'm in Beijing and I'm on my way to uh to the studio and I'm I'm the host of this podcast teaching Chinese to to foreigners. And um I'm, I, I've been in China for like six months and I'm like lamenting the fact that like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of miserable there, honestly. I'm lonely and I'm sad and, you know, like I'm at this point in my life, I'm, I just turned 41 and like I didn't have, I never got married and I never had kids and I was kind of lamenting all of these things and I remember being in this place of just like real heaviness about it all. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I have a heart attack. And all I'm thinking in the, in the ambulance on the way to the hospital is that like, I wasted my life. Like I didn't do any of the stuff I really wanted to do. Like I, I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get married, and I didn't have kids, and I didn't have this this family thing, right? Like I was so focused on my career and writing books and blah blah blah. And then they, they saved my life. And two weeks later, I'm back in America. And three days after I get here, I meet the woman who would be my wife, and we have three kids together, right? So I can look at. Something like the heart attack was something that happened to me, or was it the universe actually giving me what I was asking for? Exactly. Right, wow. because right because these were the kids that that wanted me as their father, right? Mm-hmm. So like, but I had to be here to have them, right? I couldn't do that from China because the the mother was here. So right. you know, how did the universe conspire to give me exactly what I asked for, just never in the way you thought it would show up? <laughs> Okay. Right. So, yeah, I yeah, mean, if you, you look at your life like, yeah, it's just going to give it to me. Right. And it's different than the belief that things happen for a reason. Like what you just described is a different than this commonly held belief that we have in our society that like everything happens for a reason. We just don't know what it is. You know, you need to trust in God or whatever, whoever you believe in the universe or whatever. We might not know, but it's just a reason. That's kind of a really different energy because even that is like giving up your choice or giving up your awareness to fate. Whereas that's not what you're talking about right now. You, what you're talking about is like you ask you asking for something, and now you are not judging how it shows up. 
and receiving the contribution right. that it is. That was a great word that you used there. Receiving it as a contribution that it was to your life. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, if you look at everything, like this is somehow a contribution, like I might not understand how yet, right? But like, I, I don't, even like the, even the stuff that, that like I've hated in my life, like I, I, I've, I've learned that, you know, every choice that I made brought me to that point where that thing happened and everything has been a consequence of my choices. I chose all of this, maybe not to show up the way that it did, but one way or another, just about everything I've asked the universe for so far, it's given it to me. And I just have to be grateful that I'm, you know, I, you have to look at this as you're empowered, right? Like, I'm just so grateful that I have this ability to choose and to have those choices show up. It never shows up the way you think it will, but I'm glad that they do show up. Right. And that you don't have to be at the effect of what shows up. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be at right. the effect of your circumstances. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. If it, <sighs> yeah. So this is like a big thing for me. Like this whole thing where like ha I I just I don't I refuse to believe that life happens to me. Right. Like right. I am the, you know I'm, I'm what's that line I'm the, I'm the master of my fate I am the captain of my soul you know that that whole thing like, I'm 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 the captain of this ship right like I may not be able to control the weather and I may not be able to control the seas but but you know I, this is my ship I control what happens here at least on right. board. Yeah, totally and I think the other the the other um, the other belief that we have that is kind of um, doesn't allow us to receive the contribution is that that we if we're careful accidents won't happen, right? And that's not what you're talking about here. You're talking about you're talking about choice, but I think a lot of people think well. If I choose carefully, accidents won't happen, right? If I'm careful with my choices, if I make sure I have everything lined up straight before I make a choice, then accidents won't happen. But that's not what really we're talking about. Um, you know, it's this belief that, oh, well, accidents happen no matter how careful you are. Accidents happen, but do your best. Be really careful to minimize those accidents. It doesn't really sound like a very fun life. <laughs> Right? No, 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 and there's people who live a lives of like risk mitigation, right? Like I'm just going to explore yeah. all of the possibilities that I can see, and I'm going to choose the safest path. That doesn't sound like any fun at all. Um, and I also kind of feel like they feel like once they've made that decision, like they've been fired from a gun. Like their their trajectory is set; yes. they cannot change once they've made yes. that choice. And it's like I I keep changing every ten seconds. Like, That's right. I just keep. Yeah, I just keep making choices. So like, yeah, I'm going this way. No, I don't like I don't like that choice anymore. I'm going to choose something else. So yes, you can yeah, always make another choice. You to have choice. Right. Right. Exactly. right. And I feel like people get so committed to those choices. Yes, exactly. Um and that's that's a, again, that's like a whole other a whole other radio show. Um <laughs> but there's a comment in the chat room that says being aware is not the same as being careful. So yeah, like uh, we just we have just four minutes, but I just wanted to say like what what do you so if what could you say to people about how do you know the difference between being aware and being careful? What's the difference for you? Wow, um, you know, being careful is moving through your life with the intent not to get hurt, <laughs> right? Like mm -hmm. that's that's that that's that's living a life of fear, and I'm 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 a I'm a big poster child for for running towards the bullets, right? Do the mm -hmm. things that scare you. 
And I'm all for being aware of where those bullets are and doing your best to to kind of rid- uh, mitigate risk in those 10-second increments. But I'm always running towards the bullets. I'm always running towards the things that scare me. Moving to Italy, for example, it's a huge thing. I'm moving five people to the other side of the planet where we don't speak the language mm-hmm. yet. But I love it. Right? I love this sense of adventure that my life has all the time because I'm always doing something that scares me. Amazing. And, um, yeah, so just Keisha's just saying in the chat room, does careful involves judgment? Yeah, I think, I think so. Like, yeah. I think, you know, if, uh, being careful is not being in the question. There's no question, right? In, in being careful. It's just a judgment that, um, something bad is going to happen unless we do it this way. It's just a whole bunch of conclusions, a whole bunch of judgments. There's no questions. Awareness. Yeah, brilliant. Awareness is a little bit different. I know. She's awesome. Not just the producer in the background. (laughs) I know. Yeah. So questions, like, so what what questions could we ask? So what kind of questions do you think we could ask about increasing our awareness um, and getting rid of this whole mentality of being careful rather than being in awareness? Mm, Do you have any? Um, You know, uh, yeah, the, the number one question that pops for me is, what's right about this I'm not getting, right? Just to stay, every time that you come up against some kind of obstacle or hurdle or something that isn't showing up the way you thought it would, you have to mm. ask yourself, what's right about this I'm not getting? What am I not willing to look at? What awareness is here that I'm not willing to see that if I was willing to acknowledge it would change everything, would give me everything I'm asking for? So that's a big Amazing. one for me. Yeah. That's great. I like um, if this I wasn't so judging fun. this. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. If I wasn't if I wasn't judging this, what would I be aware of? I like I like that one. I use that one a lot. Because yeah. I don't know about you, but I really have learned to judge most of my life. So, um, especially <laughs> myself. You know that. You know that thing. If I wasn't judging this, what would I be aware of? Because that would be even like what we were talking about with relationships and even the whale. Like if you weren't judging the whale as being docile right. and harmless and not intentionally eating you, what would you be aware of? You might be aware that there's a thousand krill around you. you know? <laughs> okay, <laughs> quickly, quickly, we're almost at the end. Oh, my God. Quickly tell us um, what do you have coming up. Anything anything you want to oh tell gosh. people? Uh, How can we get a hold of you? you got one. Yeah, nope, you know what? 15 seconds. Oh, gosh, uh, Geek's Guide to Consciousness, the whole series on manliness. Frank Fridella, come find me. Goodbye. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Frank. I had so much fun. What a great conversation. Thanks to everyone for listening to Thank Messy you. Adventures in Living. Enjoy. <laughs> Thanks for playing with us on Messy Adventures in Living. Katrina Fava will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on Inspired Choices Network. We'd love to have you join us again. Until next time, have fun creating your phenomenal life, mess and all.